It's a strange feeling watching a friend slowly morph into an institution. My words, not his. But Errol Alkin has basically become that for an entire generation of club goers, indie kids, and ravers. I think Errol has just cemented a very special place in their hearts. All the way back to his night at Trash, through to his label fantasy, he really has uh, cultivated such a special and particular mix of styles and influences. So I got to sit down with Errol, who is an old friend, and we really got deep. We talked about all kinds of things. It went on for quite a long time, and I, I talked a little bit too much myself, and I had to edit some things out. Uh, we talk about Seven Nation Army. We talk about candles versus fireworks, which is a very perfect metaphor. We talk about all the attention to detail that has gone into his career. And something that is really appropriate now, as we're in quarantine, Errol spoke quite emotionally about the importance of connection and just about how big a part that is of a DJ's life, uh, having contact with people in a club. I hope you enjoy it. Here is the latest edition of First Last Party on Earth. Editors know this podcast was recorded at the end of last year in London and it takes Errol Alkin 32 minutes to mention his first record. I love you, Earl. Party. Party. On Earth. So uh, I'm in London, and uh, I am with, I'm very excited to be with a very good, very, a very good old friend, Errol Alkin. Hey, hello. Happy to be here. You're not old. You're, we're just old friends. We're very old friends. I can't f even exactly put my finger on when we first met, but I think it was 2001. It could be. I'm, I'm, uh, my memory is just, I have to rely on my guests. I just remember that it was an incredible period. Yeah, I remember it, it being a really, it's easy to, you know, people think you're romanticizing the past or, but that particular period of time, uh, was really, really amazing. And I think, I think one of the best things about it was the little group of friends that we actually made. Absolutely. So, and for, for those out there who don't know, I think the, <laughs> Let me list my friends. Sure. <laughs> no, ahead. but I guess really it was at, at its core at that time was probably the brothers, definitely yeah. Dave and Steph. That's right. Uh, you, uh -huh. me, James Murphy. James, yeah. Who I think we kind of met. Although he wasn't, we, he wasn't we, like DJ. That's it. And we kind of, I think we, uh, you know, we we heard the records, and then we're just like, you know, who's this guy? And then you know, he be, he kind of appeared. Yeah. And instantly. You know, we we're friends. It was like, it's kind of like the... Yeah, well, we all shared similar sensibility and we love the same records. I guess same sense of humor. And uh, I guess a little bit later, Alex, Boys Alex Noise definitely. joined. Yeah, who, yeah. I mean... He was then, like the kid. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, he was. he was. Well, he was kid Alex, wasn't he then? Yeah. I keep telling him, like, there's got to be... Like, what... At a certain point, can you really still use the word boy? In your name like so before we get into so the premise of the show obviously is like if you had one dj gig left and yeah. uh i i came up with it because you know wired into the premise is the journey of a dj and a career you know and the different phases we all go through of like you know how we analyze it how we think about it where it's all going where it's all coming from and stuff so um before we get into the specifics, I want to ask you, I mean, I hope I don't put you on the spot, but when, <laughs> what was your first like pro gig? Pro. Okay. When I say pro, I mean like, I guess paid. In front of people. Well, 
either paid or what you considered to be like a real show. Gosh, that's really It tough. wasn't in the email, so. It wasn't, yeah. I mean, just to give a little bit of context as to why I even ended up in a DJ booth. Okay. With my own records. Um, goes all the way back to, uh, I think it was 93, maybe. Um, it could have been 92. Um, and I, I was always the, the, I, I was one of the kids at school who, who just wanted to get all their friends listening to the same records because I was just infatuated with music. You know, I used to watch whatever music shows were on the television, be it, um, you know, uh, Top of the Pops, uh, the chart shows, Snub TV, Rapido, The Word, whatever. If there was contemporary music on there, I would be there recording it, you know, and I'd be the, I, I, mean, I look back on it now and I just think just how kind of, um, how strange it seems, you know, but I would say to my friends, hey, do you want to come around and watch, you know, do you want to watch these, all this great rap music I've taped off the, off the television? And, you know, they would, they'd come oh, out. You tape, you're taping music videos. Music videos, performances on TV. But like VHS or beta yeah, tapes. Got, yeah, yeah, I have got. I used to do that. Yeah. We had one show. We had Friday night videos. Right. Okay. And it was super late. And I would just start the uh, machine before I went to bed. Yeah. And I think you get extended like six hours. So it'd be like three hours of the TV. And then the next wow. day I'd be all excited. Like, what did they play? You know, I used to record all this stuff off TV. And I had a couple of friends um, who would come around and we would literally sit there and watch you know these bands or videos or whatever so um then it kind of gravitated to and that that was pre-93 this was like from like 90 onwards or whatever um but then around 93 um because i was making tapes for a lot of my friends and i was saying to them you should listen to this have you heard this whatever they um uh i, I would end up making them cassettes of music did you sell them make, or give no, them? no 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 just giving it to them i'd just say you know like give me a tape or I would just put it on my own tapes. I was going through so many tapes of recording things off the radio or whatever. Um, but I would, I would, I'd make my friends tapes and I'd always feel this kind of slight sense of victory or pride when they say, Oh, I really like of this course. song by whatever, or I like this like Smith song or this cure song or, or this pop will eat itself track or whatever. And I'd be like, great. You like that. Then you're going to like this, you know? So I just, I, I think that is kind of DJing, right? I mean, that, but that's, that is the core yeah. of the whole thing. Yeah. But I didn't know, I didn't really know what I, DJ was around then at all. It wasn't. No, that's like, not DJing, but I mean that that the impulse. Yes, the Im exactly. The impulse to, to to search, share, and Absolutely. claim credit. Yes. I mean, whatever. Not 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 not. No, but you know right. what I mean. But it's you're not. Right. But I think it's not. It's not just claim credit. It's some sense of identification. Absolutely. It's like I found that pop lead itself track, and yeah. I'm you know I didn't make it. I don't know no. them, but I'm somehow yeah. you know. It's Absolutely. A, I think I, it. These are the building blocks. They were, and they, um, and and then from there, I I started going to nightclubs around um, about ninety one, maybe. So I was, I was going to clubs. And so I, how old were you in ninety one? Oh God, oh jeez, let me do some maths. Then uh, sixteen or seventeen, maybe. Did you look young for your age? Uh, I was really tall. Oh, okay, so you were. And the nightclubs, I I don't really think they really cared that much about how old you were because I think everyone was in there was like between ages like fourteen and. 18 so when you were going to nightclubs in ninety one, is this like? Acid house clubs, no, or is this like no. in, indie, or just like teen oh, discos, or what? This is it. I mean, the thing is, I I kind of I was exposed to 
club culture via the television and via the media from Acid House, you know, hearing it on the news or seeing it on the you know music shows and knowing and loving the records and listening to pirate radio. So there's a radio station called Fantasy FM, which I used to... I've heard of that one, I think. Yeah, it was... It was. I mean, DJ Hype started on there. Okay. DJ Rap, uh, Evil O. Oh God, who else? Um, For the record, can I just... Fabian Groove Rider as well. Can I insert here that it's DJ Rap who told me I looked like Harrison Ford? No way. Mm -hmm. You do look like Harrison Ford as well. I just want that to be. That's just. That's just for the record. I, I never. I never made that association. But I, I mean, nobody. It. No, I didn't. Now I. Now I, I live by that association. It's like I, I cherish it. I mean, I was buying these records, um, like you know, Acid Records, um, in nineteen ninety when it was happening then, um, because I grew up across the road from a record shop called Pure Groove, which is in Archway, and. Um, okay, well, hold on, from, hold on. I got to yeah, ask you a question. I've, yeah. Okay. What's your first like? What's your, f not first love, but you started with rock? Okay. <laughs> I've, I've kind of gone backwards a little bit, haven't I, a little bit? So it must be a bit. The reason I ask, the reason yeah. why it's important is because I have a, not a theory, but I've noticed that most of the DJs I know, and the, you know, we all kind of end up thrown together in what's loosely called, you know, techno or house or yeah. dance music. But actually there's some major differences in terms of what you're kind of the origin story. So yeah. there's the ones that came from kind of indie mm -hmm. and rock, you know, like Dave and Steph mm -hmm. or justice. Yeah. There, there's the ones that came, there's occasionally someone that you can hear it when they came from hip hop, you know, you can kind of hear that yeah. later on. And then there's the ones that kind of like more purely came from electronic. Yeah. And, and I always thought of you as, when I met you, at least yeah. that was really the thing was like, I was like, whoa, this guy's like a, a real music guy. Uh -huh. Like thinking you came from, I don't know, indie or a bit more rock thing, but I don't know. I mean, I came really or everything from, well, from the, from, from like 19, from, from when I can remember really, like being pre kind of like, um, uh, I mean, it's worth mentioning, I suppose that my, from growing up when I was a very, very small child, me and my, uh, my mum and dad at that point, we, we, we lived in this one room, uh, like bed sit thing. And, and my mum uh, was a machinist. So she had a sewing machine in the corner. So she would make clothing. And my dad was away working, um, in the daytime and they had a dance set and they had their seven inch record collection. And that was my only toy that I had was playing sevens for mum as she worked. So, um, that was a very early gig. I suppose. That's cool. <laughs> but, that, yeah. Um, um, so, I mean, I, I grew up through, you know, loving the records in their music collection. So it would have been, you know, the Beatles and the Who and Motown and, you know, stuff that people of our generation grew up being aware of and loving. Um, but then, you know, when I had a radio and when I had um, uh, other people around me to influence my taste, you know, it was it was chart music, really. It was, but the, the charts were full of so many exotic and, you know, interesting Artists. When you were really young, did you, you know, like when you're listening to something alone or you're daydreaming or whatever, did you, did you project yourself as like, oh, one day I want to be in that? Like, you know, do I want to be a singer or I want to be a, you know, were, were your fantasies, how did your fantasies yeah. interlock um, with what you were listening to? Or used, was that not part of it? No, I mean, I used to, I used to read smash hits and just think, you know, that it was just the, it was you know another planet really because everyone just looks so different to anything i've uh, ever yeah. seen i mean you know i 
you know, everyone I hung around with then was, you know, is, is Turkish, you know, they've all got moustaches and dark hair and you're looking at pictures of Duran Duran and smash hits. No, you know, one, like, no one has, it's way less hair in general. You know, so it's like, um, it was, it was just like another, it was just completely I think that's something, alien, I know? think about that a lot where I think, I think that's something that's changed a lot. Like the feeling of really feeling like you have nothing in common with these people that you look up to seems to have changed a little bit. Cause like now everyone, everyone has access to, you know, you can get some of those clothes. I mean, like you can imitate, like I remember I was obsessed with Duran Duran when I was young and I had no, I had nothing. I had nothing to go on. Like, I remember thinking like, where do you, like, what are those pants? Or what is that? Like, nobody I knew had anything like that. Yeah, and you yeah. had no resources. You had no, you couldn't get no. any knowledge. It was just, you were truly alone. But, and this is what I mean, is like, I think that truly aloneness, you know, it, you let it build and it kind of, I don't know, it, it turns into something good eventually. Yeah. Right. No, I completely. I mean, <laughs> right, that, please. Because, because it, no, it, it does. It really does. It really does. Because, you know, when you get that opportunity to to kind of you know step out in front of people or to do some something, I think that that feeling of um um I, I won't use the word I, I won't use words like idolizing or daydreaming in in that way, but just that and knowing what it meant to you mm. to look at a page, and I think that's definitely something that I picked up from you know, print media, you know, ma- magazines in general, you know, and just... They were a big deal, magazines. They're a really big deal. And and, it, and, I, and I think that really had a, that really had an impact on just how I, what, what my feelings about music in general. I just, I just thought of something where you just said that feeling, I think part of also why that little 2001 period when we all met each other, I think part of why it was so special was that I think all of us at the same time felt like we were being led into the club. You know what I mean? Like that, that, that feeling yeah. of like, okay, we're now, we're part of this. We can start communicating with other musicians and w- that was yeah, happening at the same time. I mean, I, I never, I never traveled before I was traveling as a DJ. I mean, I, we had one family holiday. That's my, crazy. My whole life. Not crazy, like, but that's... No, no, but it's, it's, it's intense. I mean, like, the, the, like what it allowed me to do as a person, mm. just completely... Yeah, um, that's amazing. It just completely opened my world. It opened the world to me, you know, and to think that if I hadn't have you know, been doing this or whatever it is, you know, I, I, isn't it mind blowing that, okay, we got it one more thing and then we get into (laughs) the form. No, but one thing I just, I think I oftentimes think what's so mind blowing now is that, uh, kids, kids, DJs now they can start from the very beginning of their fantasy. Mm -hmm. They see it as a career. They, they think it's like a viable, real thing that could afford travel and could involve seeing the world and all these things. But obviously like for you or me, you know, like at those, at those beginning stages, you've, there's, you never have the idea that this could turn into, um, okay. We got to jump into, so it's your, okay. So it's the last party you're ever going to play. I'm aware the questions are impossible and I I know it's a bit ridiculous (laughs) as an exercise, but what would be your opening record i, I just want to say one thing before i go to <laughs> yes thing, right? yes the very fact to be given the opportunity to actually have a final party i think is an amazing thing in itself because you mean like get, knowing in advance well i mean because we're all gonna have a final party you might just well, not yeah i mean that's the thing i mean uh, heaven forbid you know oh yeah, yeah. We, we like that it's set up like yeah, this the fact that you can actually write your you, you can yeah, see yeah, it yeah, out yeah. yourself i think it's yeah. an amazing thing in, fair, in that yeah. way 
Um, That's showing a lot of gratitude, Earl. It is, yeah. I'm, I'm and, impressed. Um, okay, so... Now that the gratitude's out of the way, <laughs> what's your opening record? My opening record? Well, okay, well, I've, I think in, in doing this, you know, I would... I, I, I'd play the whole night myself. Okay. Because... You're an eagle I mean, I, well, I, I kind of... I kind of... Um, I do that anyway much You're of the You're really time. into that now, eh? Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoy... I really, really enjoy, you know bringing together diff I mean as much as the kind of the differences between some of the records that I'd play you know whatever you call it, as a peak time or whatever I, I I I have that same level of enjoyment doing it with more you know non club non-beat music so you um, like so you want to play 12 hours do you I still by the way hours. just fast answer do you still yeah. love DJing the same as yes. you always did uh yeah and, and it's a really and that's and, amazing and I know and I say but what has made me love it more, I think, is doing it less mm. and longer um, sets. And also, it's something that we kind of touched upon a moment ago. I'm really incredibly happy when I do it because I realize what a amazing and beautiful thing it is in its purest form in that sense of, you know, you, you, you kind of... You, you agree to the gig and these people come and they want to hear. Do you feel sometimes... You now we're moving around a bit. Do you feel yeah. sometimes like as, I guess as the, let's say like the weights and responsibilities in the outside world mount, do you feel more just like a- Escapism. Yeah, yeah like absolutely. for yourself, kind of a selfish, 100%. just like, wow, I can't believe I'm actually just playing records for the next eight hours. Yeah. Like is this a- Yeah, yeah. De de definitely. It, it was escapism- In the beginning, in the beginning of a different kind. Exactly. Yeah, and, and now is. it's a new, you're yeah. escaping different things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's still the escapism it's, it's just what you're what you're running from has changed um so but, what's that opening record so the opening record would be i mean because i've been doing these long sets um for a while and i, I used to do it at trash as well because i used to do the first hour at trash well, as i well. think it should be okay correct me if i'm wrong here but yeah. you also come you come from like a bit more the traditional club culture where you would you would do the whole night right or yes. like, I mean, that's, I remember when I started DJing, you know, you'd have, okay, I play every Thursday, I go in at 10, I finish at three, you know, you just do a five, like absolutely. five hours wasn't, nobody was calling in an extended no. set. It was, no, 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 exactly. It was this, yeah, absolutely. So I think if you come from that right away to begin, I mean, that's kind of in your, in your DNA in terms yeah. of how you build a night and how you see it. It was probably more foreign when you're doing 60 minute festival sets. Absolutely. 100%. But I, I, I definitely... Um, I love 60-minute sets. <laughs> no, I do. I remember I, I, I remember many of those where you... you I, I found them to be quite difficult sometimes. They so are. They're that, really difficult. Yeah. You can't do... You, you basically can't... You can't really do much. You can't you, really come out on top. You can have about three kind of significant kind of... I, I call them like gear switches, you know, when you kind of... You, so you're not staying on on the same groove or the same kind of message as such, like musically in an hour without it being too over, all over the place, or you go completely all over the place and you go as far wide as you can do, you know, and obviously, you know, uh, there was a certain period, especially when I was doing a lot of, you know, gigs with David Steph, you know, where we'd try to out all over the place, each other almost, you know, wouldn't have, have, you know, finding records as, as as different to kind of you know bring in to it in the settings as as you could do you know and then yeah it was always uh that was always a like a really exciting challenge but they're, they're hard they're hard sets to do but playing all night and and doing the warm-up 
you know, I, I used to I used to love because I, I, I always used to feel that the moment that when people walk into an empty room is as as powerful as when you walk into a packed room. You know, I mean obviously there's more buzzy and whatever music's more booming, but like if you get the music right and people walk into an empty club, they can feel as 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 much as at, that they are at home, inverted commas, than when they walk into a packed room full of people that they, you know, identify with. And the way I did that was basically I you know, knowing that you know, trash was about bands and artists in that sense and finding those calmer, more soothing records, you know, album tracks or B-sides or whatever that were always recognizable and, and, and significant to the people who were coming to the club. And, you know, showing that level of depth as well, of understanding of the artists and the bands that, you know, kind of were the cornerstones of what that club was built on, you know. So um, I think people always used to come up and say, oh, wow, you know, you know this like b-side or you know this other track or whatever and that used to mean a lot to them so doing that early part I, I found that actually getting that early those early sets right and people coming earlier and enjoying that was something that um really tied people like emotionally to the club i think you're 100 percent right i also think too i mean i think it's one of many things that'll probably come up which seems so romantic you know yeah. like it like it's such a like the idea of caring so much about what other people see is so throwaway you know like caring so much about that that delicate moment at the beginning of a night when basically there's no fanfare when there's no yeah. attention when there's no it's a complete opposite of what everyone broadcasts right now like yeah. everything now seems to be about you know about the fireworks right you know yeah. and so it's, it's like candles then <laughs> It was that's literally candles. We were allowed. That's it. The, that's yeah. all the only metaphor we know. It's candles <laughs> yeah. versus fireworks. Yeah. And that's the thing. And I used to put those candles out every night, put them out, light them myself. And at midnight, we had to, we, because of fire laws in, um, in the local council, we had to put them out, you know, but you know, that was, that, the, that's, but that's, I'm so happy you told me that. Cause actually, okay. Now I'm just totally, maybe we'll nev <laughs> never, we're never going to get to the open record. Okay. But one of the few things I hadn't really written notes for this one. One of the only things I wrote was for me, I've always, when I think of you, I think of like attention to detail and I think Thank of you. just quality, like real, yeah. real quality. Sometimes I think even verging on obsessiveness. I think sometimes like with your own music, it's probably even held you back at times. Been, yeah, definitely. Been very, very, but I love the idea of you setting up the candles. I love, I feel that same candle setup thing in fantasy in the label. Thank you. And what's really nice, and I've noticed lately, especially with my own label, because at, at times I've metaphorically stopped putting out the candles. I've kind of been a bit, and I realized that like those, those, those details and caring about those the little, little things, not only are they, not only is that a great approach in general, but it is the key to, to breaking weird records. It is the key to building up special records. So like what you're saying about people noticing a B side or whatever, because, and then, and that's how it's taking care of those delicate little things is what actually creates a big record out of a record that might've been uh, missed out on. And that's yeah. an incredibly important thing. So I don't know. That's how I always, I always see you as, as being really like one of the best 
at that exponents of that whatever but that's really kind no but people but and people really notice it and while everyone now i think is really focused on fireworks and numbers and marketing and blah 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 i think that never goes out of style like people people always recognize because you can't really buy it and there's not many people that can do it you either can do it or you don't you know the details i I try to sort of i think with the club you know not to kind of dwell on on trash too much in, in that way but I, we I haven't really, even we haven't I, even talked about it yeah I, I just found that like for me um that you know i had a sense of escapism from you know from being able to you know be there and do what i did i, I kind of wanted to offer that as well to people who come through the door as well because um that's what clubs were for me you know clubs were the clubs were when i really found myself i feel as a person from going into a room full of people who I kind of shared things with, even though I wasn't fully aware of the music, it just, it might be just a generation thing as well. You know, you kind of walk in, there's other people. I mean, I, I, I felt different at school, you know, amongst a lot of other kids and stuff, but I felt at home in clubs. Mm. So me, me too, actually. It's a weird, it's weird how that happens. Yeah. And I wasn't someone, you know, I, I, I didn't, you know, I I, I kind of did quite well at school up until a point, um, um, but um, and and I enjoyed school. I didn't I didn't dislike it at all. But but I um I just I don't know. I, it might just be because I just got so into music and being somewhere where you could hear it at like a hundred decibels or something. Um, and then noticing a DJ, you know, going up to a DJ and make. You know, I was also probably that really irritating twat who was asking for so records maybe, all the time. So you've so you've sympathy for them now. I kind of do, but the thing was, I was really lucky because there's a couple of the DJs who, um, the, the indie clubs that I went to, there was, there was the, um, I've said this a, a few times in, in interviews before, but there's, there was the, um, on a Tuesday, we always used to go to Camden Palace. Um, and then there was a few others in the week. The other significant ones were Friday nights at the Marquee on Charing Cross Road. But the main one was on Saturday night, which is the Boston Arms in Tufnell Park. So what do you do in it? I've never been to a non-techno club. You kind of you what it, what happens at an indie club? You go in, um, you try and find somewhere to hide your jacket because you haven't got any money to kind of put in the cloakroom, <laughs> and then um, you just go. I mean, it's one of those things when you kind of recognise records. People dance. You would get up and dance, and you know you'd kind what of do you mean like get up and around. dance. In, I always felt indie kids danced with their uh, heads and their hearts, like they they danced to records they felt connection with artists they connection felt connection with, you know like you know I was guilty of it myself. It was if I didn't know a record, or if they would play like I don't know like some band that I just wasn't too into. Let's say like the Chili Peppers or something like that, you know. Which I don't I don't have a problem with them at all. But I was more like you know I I if 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 they played the Buzzcocks, you know um I'd be really excited. You know I I was one of those people going okay can you play some Buzzcocks or can you play some like Manchester Preachers or something like that or but how many like just we're going a little off topic yeah. but like for example at those parties how many other people knew about the Buzzcocks like was That's that the thing, was that a that well age. known thing no or? not really not not really but the thing was back then you know it was I, I remember the first time Smells Like Teen Spirit got played in that room. And everyone turning around to one another. It was one of those moments where everyone going, what is this? Same with Rage Against the Machine, Killing in the Name of. You know, there was moments when you didn't know who the record was. You didn't know who the artist was. You didn't recognize the voice. No one knew what it was. You turn around, who is this? This is really good. And the chill it would give you 
was like nothing else. Okay, it, so this is super interesting because I've yeah. never, I've never heard, I've never sat with someone who explained hearing, you know, smells like teen spirit in the same way as hearing yeah, string, strings of life or whatever. Exactly. So this is the thing. But that wait, I, I yeah. got to get the chronology yeah. right. So are you, are you going to this place Saturday in Tufnell, whatever, yeah, 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 and hearing yeah. that, and then conceivably sometime that same month hearing an acid house track? Um, or is this happening before? Acid House was before. Okay, so, so you had already. So I wasn't. I, I was only. I, I was hearing Acid House on the radio. Okay, so you had not experienced no techno or Acid House no. in a club environment. No first, way. you experienced Killing mm-hmm. in the Name of. Okay, like, um, like yeah, what I mean yeah, is, your yeah. first moments of like, oh my god, what is yeah. that in a communal yeah. space was with yeah. rock. Yeah, Very, this is like therapy. This is great, but that's incredible. <laughs> but that's. Yeah. Now this is it. This is this is the thing. It's I've I been kinda... to concerts, obviously. Yeah. But before I've been to concert, you know the artists, you know the you know the so- and, and also concerts are so different from records because you know a, ba- a band playing something live is 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 an ama- is, is is incredible, obviously. But you, you know, like a record, like a produced record, you know that it's been designed to to have a a certain effect on strange people who've never heard it before. You know, but so, when you were at those, at sorry, at those, yeah, go. At those parties, <laughs> did you see, did you see those DJs as DJs? Like, no. did you no? right? This it's is it. just, I, it's, it's just music playing. This is the, the guys who had the records. And so basically, so what was I, the first DJ where you were like, no, 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 I'm, I'm seeing him in terms of like how you now see yourself. Oh God. That, <laughs> Um, it's really weird, you know. So I'm, try, I'm trying to find when the jump, like yeah, when no, when you go into electronic or whatever. So this you is the thing. Up until like those, all those early years, they're the guys who had the records, and I felt that there was I, I was in that I had enough of a right to go over and say, you know, hey, do you know this song or or what was that song or whatever, and get conversation. And they were always super helpful. Did those guys even have names? Yeah, Jonathan and Eco. <laughs> Sorry, no. Hi. I didn't mean and to. I still see Eco, and I still see them. And you know what? It was Eco, who because I I was going up to more time and sort of talk about music and and um and I used to I used to kind of help him carry the records into his car, you know, and talk to him about music to that point. Um, and uh, eventually, like he gave me like a, a pass that I could get into club for free. That's a big. That's a big and deal. And I was just like. Wow, I was like, wow, this is amazing, you know? And then he, you know, they ended up giving me gigs early on as well because they kind of knew that I, this is post me playing in other clubs first. They, they kind of, I said, you know, oh, I've got a gig here or there. And then they had to move from the Camden Palace. They moved to the Electric Ballroom. And there was a second room at the Electric Ballroom. And they said, do you want to DJ in the second room all night? So I was like, yeah. So I'd play like five, six hours upstairs in the electric ballroom while they're in the main room. Um, and I just used, to, because I knew what they were doing in the main room, I kind of just used to play a lot of like uh, 60, this is around just like 93, 94. I was playing a lot of like 60s music, uh, 70s music, and not so much, not infringing on what they were doing in the main room. So that was, that was real. That was a real education as well. Should we do opening record now or just yeah, like wait a little? <laughs> <laughs> opening record. Okay, so... Just spit it I out. Would, just I, spit it out. <laughs> I mean, it's so it's so weird because obviously without being there and getting a feel for the room or, or anything like that, it's kind of hard because obviously a lot of, and I should say it's now a lot of what I do as a DJ really is really based on feel, you know? So 
if I was to kind of choose a record on pre-existing things that I play that I feel set up, <laughs> you're, you're, you're losing me. This. It's like a dissertation. <laughs> I would say that. I mean, I remember like. Do you want to skip the opening record? No, no. I'll say. I mean, I would say. I would say it would be like a kind of. Um, I, I'm hoping that, at my last gig, there'd be people, at the beginning. Yes. They, so they would hear this. I'll record give you when that. They, they show in. up. Okay. So I would say the records that I really like playing early doors that I think are just. I'd say maybe, Ghost by Japan, is is one because i think that's just such a <laughs> that's the longest that was like i was, I was like it's on the edge of my seat um yeah so ghosts by japan we're, yeah, we're gonna go with that we're gonna go with that okay yeah we'll go with that it's a great record it is a great record it's and i think it's one of the strangest hit records ever it was number five in the uk There's something that you know Well, I ought to leave The rain, it never stops And I've no particular place to go Just when I I'm winning when I've broken every door. The ghosts of my life the wilder than before. Just when I thought I could not be stopped, when my chance came to be king, the ghosts of my life the wilder than Okay, so that's your opening record, and it's <laughs> one of them. Yeah, I was actually going to say, what was you, it? I'll give you another. Just go, <laughs> just throw out another opening well, I used record. To, and this is one thing that I was really. I mean, you know, our, our friend Gonzalez, like his his solo piano thing. I remember, and this was really great around then as well, because kind of you know we we met him and Peaches, and but you know we we met them when they were doing you know that rap stuff you met them first i'm i booked gonzalez for trash in 2000 i think yeah that's before i met him yeah so i remember him coming over and i remember him he stayed and i used to live in this bed set with like everything i owned in it and he stayed on my couch and peaches did as well actually around the time when they both come and play trash um and um and so i i knew him as 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 we know as like this amazingly charismatic you knew him like entertainist era the right entertainist, yeah, yeah. exactly i was actually from hearing that record reached out and booked him from that and um, he's incredible an incredibly talented awesome guy peaches as well like true absolutely. true originals I mean, yeah and they back it up in a thousand different ways and anyway. absolutely but i remember when he came he, you know he came and he, he, he said i've made a solo piano record i was like wow you know that was a real that was a real kind of curveball mm. You know, but I, that was a, a, a real significant moment in, in, in you know, in, in our kind of collective as friends, yeah. you know, like seeing someone really take a different path, you know, musically. And it just really, it, I mean, I, I love that record. And I remember I, I put it on the, uh, I put it on the Bugged In mix. And then I, I, I would always play a track from that record as the first, I, I would loop like the first phrase 
of it. So, what, it what's, so what's clear, to recap, mm. what's clear about your opening selections is you're a, you're a builder. 100%, yeah. You, like, mean, I, you uh, like to build it up. Yeah, but I mean... Even if you didn't have 12 mm. hours, you, you believe in like all those cliches, the journey, the voyage, Absolutely. the... It's all I, I it's don't want to hear happening. a kick drum until how many hours the, do I have to wait? Um I've gone a I've I've gone a good I'd say about based on the premise that people are coming into the club. I want a number. How much <laughs> this but is amazing. ninety minutes. How many definitely. Oh, I thought you were gonna say like six hours. No, 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 See, no. See, I, I have, that would just be that would be here's something where we're really different. I have hundreds of records i put in folders thousands by now probably like build up folders and ambient folders and under 110 yeah. folders and they just it's a go they never get used oh, wow. i have no patience like really in that area and sometimes i'll try it and i'll say like okay i'm gonna go i'm gonna start slow i'm gonna start and like seven minutes in and yeah. i just i just can't do it oh. and that's what's funny actually in the when i was looking for your phone number tonight like yeah. i was going through i gotten an old text message <laughs> And I just wanted to read it. What so, was it, what was the date on it? This is from 2012. Oh God, it's a bit of a. It's, going back. it's kind of the lost era. It's not like the early days. It's not modern. It's just those <laughs> the wilderness I, years. <laughs> I, yeah, I consider them the. I consider like 20, 2012 to twenty four fifteen is like just. I I would I, I don't would know what happened. There were there were there were kind of. It's just kind yeah, of meh. Yeah. Uh, so you had obviously got this is somewhere in Spain. And I got this text. I was probably still at the hotel, but this is so good because is this, this is good. This is like private DJ insights. Don't know how to break this. <laughs> so I, so Errol was obviously, I think we should be able to remember where was it? It was not Barcelona or Madrid. It, it was no, like one no, of those, it wasn't any of those cause it was one of those places you would never go. It was, it was, had the yeah. DJ life not afforded you global travel. Yeah. Like it's Mur Murcia or something. So, I'm still in bed and you're obviously out there on the front lines. Don't know how to break this. <laughs> Everything we hate is happening right now. <laughs> Everything we hate is happening right now at this here club to about 50 people. <laughs> Warm up scratching over soul wax MGMT dire. Then a few minutes passed and then, it should be noted, obviously, you, you could reach for your phone. Yeah. Fashion in here is vile. <laughs> <laughs> and then I guess I woke up and I wrote, oh, no, play badly and send them all home. And then you, I'm going deep. No other way. Thank yourself. You're not here right now. It's horrendous. <laughs> A lot of kids outside, though, could be good. And then you said, making these fuckers eat 120 BPM. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I... Oh God! <laughs> well, that's I liked it. I thought it was quite revealing. It was revealing. It was revealing. And I actually remember, but the reason I, one, to to feel that one twenty is low as well because that I, was I have a real memory. Well. It was a weird DJ booth, and I remember I got to the club, and I'll never forget you. You were at like one eighteen or something, and you were like very proud. You were like, I've kept them at one. Like you had yeah. been very disciplined with this like long sustained. I'm just hoping that's kind that of funny. the guy who was actually on before, if he goes, if he knows that he did a gig in Spain. Oh, you think someone's going to track? <laughs> no, no, no. Don't worry about that. That ship has no. sailed. I don't, I think there's very little danger of that coming back to haunt. But I, I remember, I remember like there, there was a couple of moments when, yeah, things were just like really like kind of 
got out of control. I think that was that was kind of that wasn't one of those nights. No, no, but more like the the eras, you know, when things when I remember I remember like two thousand eight when like electronic music got a little bit too kind of like you know it all got quite like sawtooth and okay but this is but this is very important but this is very very important because basically this is super important people need to know this people need to know the truth um it seems inconceivable now but there was a period of time where on the front lines of basically banging super aggressive stadium music yeah were us like yeah. it seems incredibly unlikely, but you, yeah. Boys Noise, me, yeah. Dave, and Steph, we were actually playing the bangers. And I don't know, and I, I haven't really ever said this to people, but I'm sure it applied to you. It left us in a pretty weird position because Absolutely. it was amazing for a while when yeah. it was exciting and new. Then that energy got picked up, obviously. Yeah. And then, I'll speak for myself, uh, for years after that, I guess in a way I was trying to escape that that giant, crazy, mega stadium vibe. Yeah, definitely. Right, I, and it and and I don't know about for you, but for me, it it trauma is probably a strong word, but it definitely left me with like a, a conflicted view on on where I can play and how I can play and what's expected of me versus what I want to play. Yeah. Did you experience that? Yeah, I mean. Is that what led to those wilderness years, like the Spanish, uh, <laughs> Spanish Inquisition? <laughs> I think I think around two thousand eight, two thousand nine, it got a bit, um, you know, and yeah, you know, we kind of like, how can I put it? For me, I suppose it was a little bit like that kind of that kind of rock, and I suppose with Dave and Steph as well. You know, we it kind of using the vehicle of electronic music but with the excitement and energy of you know oh yeah you that's stuff, that's you guys that's you and dave and steph it's, then it kind of then i think you know it, it's one of those things where you know like this those kind of you know those kind of teen movies you know where kid like throws a party while his parents are away on the weekend and then too many people turn up and it gets out of hand and then the house gets trashed and then you realize you know kind of like you know, it's sort of, it's gone a bit too far in that way. And then you kind of, you, 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 you're kind of in that slipstream by that point. Do you know what I mean? Cause everyone kind of wants that. So I remember through that whole era, through the whole, you know, the EDM thing, you know, especially from going, not just so much London, because I think London was a little more kind of, um, it was more on the, you know, it, it, it wasn't like that from going to some places in France, Spain, you know, even America. I mean, I, I didn't really go to America for a while for the same reason, because I just felt by that point, by the time I'd kind of come out of that slipstream, um, whenever you kind of dip your toe back into it, you, you realize that it's still going and it's getting faster and harder and, and you can't really, you can't get into it. You but know? did you like, when it comes to the really mental stuff, do you yeah. think you veered away from it a little bit just because you were bored of the energy or did you stop finding records that met your criteria? I, I, I kind of felt that a lot of the records that I wanted that kind of energy from, yeah, the, maybe they, they, they weren't being made uh, they, or they didn't have that. They weren't as, I remember. I remember well, if I had 50 Vitalics in my box now, well, but I, mean, I, yeah, that, I that don't, was, yeah, I didn't. That's it. They it, it always just, seemed quite hard to come by. Yeah. And also I think, I, I think you kind of, 
um, I didn't really want to keep repeating. I'm sure it's same for all of us. We don't want to keep repeating what we're doing. So the curse, it's kind of, yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so What's I wrong? suppose, yeah. I just didn't want to. Um, I just didn't want to. Um, like, I, I, I think I definitely. I, I remember having a gig in Sheffield um, where like, I, I played like about four months beforehand or something. And this was about 2006 or something. And um, and I remember them saying to me, um, uh, it was like one of the most insane reactions I'd, I'd ever seen to a DJ. Um, but that that was and, happening in those years. Yeah, I remember. Was, I remember they said- I'd like, play after you sometimes or after Dave and Steph. And I remember it'd be like, because I had no experience of like, the, that rock fury or just like yeah. almost like heavy metal like things would go crazy like people yeah. had not seen that before i know it, it, it kind of comes you know uh, you know it obviously comes back and bites you on the ass you know in, in some way later down the line you know which is, is is case in point as such because you know it sort of i don't know it it, it was but back, back to this gig it was in sheffield actually um and I played beforehand and it was it was amazing and it and it and the good thing about that gig that went really well was that you kind of got that impact and that response from what I would have then had felt were like good records to kind of get that from you know they weren't like cheap shot records dig- or whatever dignified yeah, yeah dignified <laughs> sort of <thing>. dignified power <laughs> and and I went back, uh, and I remember like this was the point where things had kind of changed. A few months later, I went back, and um, and it, the crowd was just, it was just really different. And you could sense it. It didn't have that. And, and this other thing also, the one thing that as a DJ, I've kind of, um, I've always you know, felt is probably the thing that I'm most de- dependent on, more than even my my taste sometimes is my sense, you know, from walking into a room and kind of being able to feel where something can go do you feel your sen- do you feel your dj sixth sense is still intact um or is it as sharp as ever it's hard to tell it's hard to tell really i mean i'm or is it just by this point kind of hardened into like animal instinct <laughs> I, I don't think know a little bit all of the above a little bit of we need to we need to move along a little yeah. bit if you were forced to pick one of your own records, your own productions, I guess it could be one of your own productions. It doesn't have to be your own name. It doesn't have to be, you know, just a record that you made that you feel that you feel especially close to or that you would play out. Um, okay. Um, that includes remixes, right? It could be anything. Yeah. As long as you made it. I I mean, I, I, I always you know, when, when, when making remixes or, or even like, you know, re- recent productions, you know, I, they are, I'm, I'm always trying to like straddle that kind of thing between it being what I feel is like a good record in its own right. But what is also works in a club, yeah. you know, but I've always loved those records that ha- have kind of got, you know, one foot in, some kind of alternative culture, you know, un- understandably, you know, not, not to start with like a straight, you know, kind of like mix in, mix out sort of thing. I have done that a few times. Um, I mean, no time I kind of did it really thinking of how can I make something that's going to be like purely like functional was Wars of Nazareth, Rebus of Justice. And, but other than that, like, you know, usually songs start, you know, weird or whatever, or not, not so easy to, you know, program in a set. So, 
But I think because of that, some of them have, have managed to kind of like take on a life outside of... I think they last longer as well. It's it's a tough one because I'd love to say like one of my own like tracks in that sense. I, mean, I would have probably said maybe like Spectrum or set, which I would play anyway, I suppose, because it was designed for my DJ sets. But if there was one that I had a connection with, my favourite, and that's the thing, I'm always, it moves between two or three of my favourites, like one of the remixes. You see like the Hot Shit remix, Boy From School. Oh, that one's amazing. landing on for dolphin love only because uh, only because i think it was it was such a bit of a um it's easy to kind of get wrong you know in that way because obviously because of like the the nature of the original record but even without knowing the inner workings of what went on behind the scenes it's it's a proper epic
see it's, it's, a, it's, well, it's a beautiful record also too you. I just want to I mean whatever I shouldn't throw out too many compliments your records yeah. sound really good thank you it sounds like someone that's put the time into making them sound good you know what? Is, a lot of it a lot of it is you, you know um, the, the reason that Conan mix sounds like it sounds I'll let it's a little production secret here on it but I I have a very very noisy trident flexi mix which is what I mix that on um, and it emits quite a lot of hiss on it. And um, what I did, and I, I probably wouldn't even do this now, and this is the one thing I always remind myself of, and to anyone listening here that has, you know, is a producer or whatever, you know, if it sounds right, it is oh, right. Just it. go with oh, it. Don't God. worry about it. But basically, I remember when I mixed it, um, I had this like tss, this hiss running all the way through it, and it was getting on my nerves a little bit. So I just, I just stuck this really brutal noise reduction plug-in across the bounce and just did it till it sounded right and if you listen to the track it sounds to it feels totally different the reason it feels that kind of muted mm. melancholy yeah. thing is literally because there's a brutal cheap noise reduction plug-in across the whole thing but it felt but then you know you especially in dance music it's so it's so critical to just leave things alone letting things be in their simple demo form I, I tell you something i mean and this that's is, why so many people end up getting worse that's why so many producers get worse why people's records get worse because they yeah. they just start whatever endlessly fiddling or whatever no. you know but i mean this you know not not to be this like, compliment match of tennis or anything like that but i love you know the sound i remember when you know you would send me uh you know mixes or, or things what you're doing and you know through on iChat yeah exactly exactly on iChat and um and it would just be i just remember it just be like it always sound hot you know because it's obviously mm. driven yeah in that way and i just used to think god you know and i i learned a lot from from that because i think like the whole sonic spectrum is taken up by like a like a drum machine yeah Do you know what i mean so it's, it's just so and and like that's the one thing that i i, I found quite influential back then was the, the it's like the the, the the kind of like the simplicity yeah you know of your productions you know it being like you know an amazing drum beat baseline vocal snippet and you know, var it. variations go on home things. is it and it's just because i before that i mean this is stuff that you would not have heard previously because I, I would never send it to people but as a producer i'd be there like layering thing on thing yeah. on thing whatever and that like, noodling with stuff forever and then that side of that 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 side of you know what, what you brought up earlier about that level of detail or attention works against you yeah of you course. know and then you just hear like a drum machine that's just been compressed like I don't, I don't want to use the word right because, you know, you could argue and say that's over compressed, but it feels exciting. And that's something that has always stayed with me is, is that just, you know, just, just go for what is exciting. Keep yourself engaged with something. Yeah. You know, don't, yeah. You know, absolutely. but it's, it's, so we were talking about it a little bit and then we were like, we should save it for the podcast. <laughs> I don't know if it's that interesting, but this thing about, so myself, you, Dave and staff, yeah. I think Felix, the house Felix cat. Was on it. There, Murphy was on it. Epworth was on it. Yeah, there was a group of us. Yeah. Anyway, we were all yeah. we were all on iChat, which was like Apple's just yeah. uh, chat it might software. Be MSN. I don't know. I was it might on be Microsoft. IChat. Anyway, the, the point yeah. was, for years, we would have these incredibly long, great conversations, like from wherever we were, and including like loads of hotel room sessions, last minute, sending each other half finished tracks, yeah. sending each other demos. First of all, I really miss it 
in terms of yeah. the, the, the conversations. I mean, they were really good. I've seen some of the transcripts. I mean, they're just, sometimes it just ended up endless, just jokes and yeah, bitching was, yeah, and whatever. Completely. But what, what's, what's really amazing, and this is something we were, as a group of friends, um, we were all pretty involved in each other's productions. Yes. And definitely in terms of battle testing things, yep. in terms of, and definitely there was a momentum about it. And not just like the social scene around it and the parties, but just really internally and I, I always felt and I loved the feeling and I sometimes miss it a little bit of trying to impress your friends. You know, basically you're basically was, making records to impress your friends. You wanted yeah. I wanted you to say or Dave to say or someone to say, Yes, yeah. I played it. First of all, I played yeah. it. Yeah. And it destroyed the place, yeah, you know. Absolutely. And, and and that was pretty much ninety percent of what you wanted. Like when I think back then obviously none of us had numbers to check. There was no Instagram accounts. There was, no. No, there was nothing, there was no feedback. There was no data. It was yeah. really just like, did your friends love the record? On my end, I think I was very productive in those years and that was a big reason why it was yeah. It was fun. The great thing for me was like on a Wednesday or Thursday, whenever I, 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 I see who was online, if you're online, I go, hey, have you got anything new for, for the weekend? You know, it'd be something you've made. Like the, yeah. <laughs> like you got anything? I'm going, it, I'm going it, out again. Yeah. But, <laughs> but you know, it'd be, you know, you'd kind of send, you know, you'd say, oh yeah, I've just done a remix. Hold on, I'll send it to you. Whatever. Yeah. And it'd be like, it was done the day before. Yeah. To be able to have that, to reach out to, and bear in mind, you know, as now, you know, you guys then, you like, you know, favorite producers, but also people who, you know, your records are just peppered through, through, sets not just in dance clubs as well really you know there's records that i could play in indie clubs as well it kind of helped that that's kind of what i suppose um was a big part of my dna as well you know the fact that i was kind of probably someone who played guitar music or alternative music but was able to integrate electronic music in a way that made sense but with artists who had that uh, recognized kind of sens sensibility as such, you know, because by, by that point, you know, um, alternative music had embodied electronic music, you know, and, you know, it was a lot to do with a lot of those records and a lot of those records sometimes were coming through, you know, iChat, you know, in very early forms. And I remember coming back sometimes saying, hey, that is really good, but uh, can you repeat that bit or I yeah, found this bit, or can you turn the hi-hat down or something? You well, know? So I, what I remember really about uh, you and too many DJs specifically was I always thought also like I wanted you guys to like the records because I know you, because I saw you guys as like both recognizing the qualities in a dance track, which was quite easy, but also like you had some, like you had some musical authority, like you'd say, oh, that's also a good idea or that's clever yeah. or whatever, which, which is cool. Yeah. I remember when I met you, I, I always remember seeing your CD booklets. Oh, yeah, so I don't yeah. know if people know about that, but you had these giant binders with just hundreds and hundreds of like neatly labeled, yeah. you know, you'd have like eight pages of <laughs> Smith's CDs. I mean, whatever just, and I remember being like, wow. And I remember specifically thinking, cause I had considered, this is a bit like when I met Dave and Steph too. Yeah. I considered myself like, like I knew my stuff. I was a bit like, okay, I know my eighties, whatever. So like, and I'll use the example of the Smith. So I was yeah. like, yeah, I love the Smiths. I've seen him. I loved him when I was a kid. I had a few albums. And then I remember seeing your <laughs> Smiths collection. I was like, oh, and it was actually a bit of an eye. It was a very good experience to be like, okay, 
there's a big world out there and there's people <laughs> out there who really know their stuff and you're going to have to hustle to keep up, you know? But that goes back to what I said to you earlier about that thing of when people come into the club early, you know, they're, 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 not, they're not the firework records, you know, mm-hmm. they are the candle records within the artist repertoire, you know? So um, I remember getting um, a C, like a CD burner, a, a guy I knew owned a CD burner. Uh, so I used to borrow it from him and, <laughs> and, and take it home. And I used to put all my vinyl stuff on CD because I was worried about like taking all my vinyl out and it, and it getting like scratched or, you know, whatever, or losing them or any, you know, stuff like that. And, and I, I kind of became disciplined really quickly in, in just backing all my stuff up onto CD and then creating these case logic books, you know, that were just oh, full of them. And, and, um, but then it opened up all these doors for me. Cause I was, I, I then realized I, I could then re- re-edit tracks on mini disc players, you know, and then burn CDs of them and play them in clubs. And it was just like the doors were just kept opening, yeah. opening and opening. Do, have so. you found since you've moved away from CDs? So let's say since it's gone, I don't yeah. know if you use record box or whatever. Yeah. Record have box, you, yeah. um, this is something it's quite boring and it's pretty niche, but I'm curious myself. Mm-hmm. I'm obs- like, I'm curious how people organize their music. Yeah. For me personally, the past three, four years has been a descent into madness basically. Like yeah. I, I've lost the plot when it comes to, <laughs> I really have like my, it's a bit, it's like, like an insane person. And now it's gotten so bad that now it's like, I just gave up now I'm almost DJing random. Like yeah. it's, but have you been able to adapt properly to like the more kind of file management I, way of doing things? Or I actually think, are you, you better now? Or No, I actually think you being DJ random is sometimes a truer form of DJing. Yeah. Than I think playlists. you might be right. I actually think that the fact that you can make all these playlists and you can order all these things and you can do it completely changes how you view your music. And I, and yeah. I, I stopped myself. I found from, it, it's quite negative. Exactly. And so I actually think that going in there, just if you know where everything is and it's in your head as to what you want to play, you're the, you know, you win at that thing. Mm. Exactly. I, I think that if you go to a playlist where you have every song in the key of A at 118 BPM that you know, is I don't think that's going to mean anything to the audience out there. No. I think some people seem to be able to do that. Like and still make it work. I mean, I, I'm not, I, I, I'm not I do one do the playlists. I do have them. Yeah, but I'm not. I try not to tie myself to them too much. They're, they're there. If I mean, I, I kind of a lot of like the work I, I think is done when I'm listening to records at home. You know, new records and also, um, and also. I mean, it's something I picked up in a previous podcast that you, you mentioned. I can't remember who you speak to, but you know, this obsession with what's new versus what is still good and a few years old because you've got to look out into the audience and say hey you know what do these kids know this amazing record from 2003 you know and it's quite likely that a lot of them a few of them do but you know what a few a lot of them don't a few might do but you know what if you're the guy that actually then pulls out that record and it's a great record and it gets an amazing reaction it's quite likely that you may want to be one of the few people who's going to take do that Okay, so we were on, uh, what's your peak record? Peak record. Okay, so going back to what we just said oh, a second no, ago. what's wrong with you? <laughs> just about, peak record. About finding something like, you know, like, I, is the, no. this happened recently. This happened recently where I kind of was that so thing. peak of, record I'm first play. and then. Okay, it is. I would, for a big peak record, this is the last gig I ever do. Yes. 
I would. It, it's a celebration. I see the last gig as a ce- celebration. You have problems, so this by is the way. <laughs> <laughs> you have some. I didn't really. I wasn't fully aware, but it's slowly it's emerging coming out now. Um, it's. Uh, I would. I go for together. Falcon and Thomas Magata because for two reasons right one you're like I, for, I seven reasons. <laughs> for seven reasons for seven reasons one um I love the message and 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 really uh, doing a final gig I would want to be amongst friends you know I, I'd, I'd really want I'd really like the people you know what was almost like the, the the other big final thing I can think of is when like there was the last ever trash you know and you know, people traveled to come, you know, like... Did you finish with There's a Light That Never Goes Out? It was, it would have been, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was always... But that's closing, that's closing. Yeah, Rock oh, Rock Suicide. Rock suicide. Oh, no, 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 yeah, There's a Light Never Goes Out, Rock Ross Suicide, and then the final, final ever song was Dancing Queen. But oh, you've already with, kind of done your last party. So, what are your two reasons for Together? So basically, it's, I think it... I mean, I, I like records that kind of uh, illustrate the moment as such. So I think the togetherness of yeah, yeah. me and, and my and, and friends and, and, and whatever. You really thought this l- one l- through. Final thing. That's one thing of it. And I think as a peak time record, it's just, it's, it's just such a weird... It's, you know, when you talk about bangers that get a result that are odd, it is an odd record. Yeah, yeah. It's completely out of tune. You can't really, you don't really notice that unless you're kind of like, a, you know... Um, it, it, it feels great it feels fantastic it's also the key line from 90210 isn't it you ever noticed that no no it's the theme music from Beverly Hills 90210 I did I did not notice that yeah 
And uh, not that's that's not one reason. I only noticed that after, like recently. That's the third reason. <laughs> yeah, third reason. <laughs> the, the number two reason is because I felt I, I I've been on the floor when that record has come on out. It's at a Fabric, and Norman Cook played it when it just came out, and I just remember just the feeling it gave. Like I just it was chills, you know, and and I think that's a really true representation as to why I would kind of gravitate towards that okay i have two fast questions that just hit me spur of the moment so you're gonna have to make your answers fast enough that i don't forget the second question number one is okay we live in a time now of mega brands and franchised festivals and the whole thing just seems just it's not even something that people debate anymore it's just the way things are yeah trash Mm -hmm. you obviously like did you ever think about like empire building and if you didn't which i don't think Mm. you did i genuinely don't think you ever thought it like why um you know what happened some really interesting things happened or do you ever think about it now like do you ever do you ever in even in some like dark moment be like oh man it could we could have done trash the i I mean i i used to get you know what um for um when it was never toured Mm. Yeah, I, no, no, I, I know. That's what yeah, I mean. You yeah, kept it, was, it legitimately I, I, this little cocoon. Because I think it goes back to that candles thing, you know? Like what I felt was special about it was the thing you couldn't tour. You know, but you it, realize how rare that is, right? Especially now. I mean, like you realize it's 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 like that that attitude that it just seems, especially with something like a night. I mean, this is a bit different because yeah. this ended a little earlier, yeah, but yeah. I was just wondering if you, you know. Yeah, no, it never, it never. I mean, there was things that happened. I remember some things would pop up and they'd be called trash or not other clubs, but other things as well, um, you know, where it felt like, oh, you know, like that seems like it's kind of whatever, you know, like influenced by what we're doing. But I mean, for me, I, I, I what I recognized with that place was that it was, it was, um, what what made it was the audience the crowds and, and the fact that we all felt like outsiders to a degree so to take that elsewhere felt strange i mean I, look, um, I feel exactly the same way and that's how i am about a lot of things that's why i don't you know don't look back much and don't cry but but i also sometimes just more as a mental exercise i like to think you know why like why why when everyone else seems to be so ready to milk things yeah. at infinitum and you're not i'll be also honest with you i don't think i i had that 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 sense of business in that way you know i mean for me it was like it was you know can we how can we do this and it be affordable for people you know like the bar prices were really low and the the end were fantastic in in accommodating and understanding that the people who are coming in were students and they they, they weren't rich they weren't like saturday night people who are coming in um and also just you know the 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 economics of of making it work you know Um, trash just for the record trash really was good Thank you. I had a really it good was, time. I, had a, I, I met Pet Shop Boys there. Yes, they used to come, and they, they were fans of yours by the time they, that, that, that they... I think one of them asked me if I wanted to go to Morocco with yeah. him, but like that <laughs> evening, <laughs> it wasn't even like... It was, some, it was something... Yeah, I was really happy to yeah. meet them. They I mean, were I'll, I'll, Me too. I mean, when, when they... I couldn't believe people, it. I was like... Nah, it was I, that kind of thing, like... like Pet Shop Boys are just here. Do you like, want to tell, should, 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 should I go one more than that? Yes, please. Okay, I remember walking down. I don't know if I've ever said this before. I remember walking down um, Tom Court Road and I hear my name being called and it's it's Neil Tennant. And I was like, oh, hey, Neil. You know, because by that point we were like, you know, sort of like chatting away. And um, Wasn't he a smash hits writer? 
he was an editor at Smash Hits oh, yeah. in the eighties. Yeah, so and, um, full circle. God, yeah, and um, and uh, and we're just chatting, and it was on a Monday. And he was like, he, he was going, oh, we might, I said, you come down tonight, you know? And it's like, you might come down, or might, might bring Yoko with us. <laughs> oh my God. Like, of course, come along. Of course, you know? So it's just, it's a like, whole weird thing. Yoko on the guest list? Like, what? I did, yeah. I remember writing, yeah. Like, you know, you just never knew who was going to turn up. No. You know, there was like, like, so, you know, like Grace Jones was there or whatever, or Marilyn Manson was mad. Anyway, the other thing I want to ask you quickly, because you mentioned Norman Cook. Yeah. Um, like I have Jeff Mills. There was yeah. a specific guy, saw him play. I was like, that's what I want to do yeah. with my life. Was there a specific DJ? I guess more of the electro, you know, like the dance, the electronic guys. Was there ever a moment or a guy or a particular person where you're like, okay, I want to, I want to follow that path or I love what he's doing so much or really inspired. Um, you know what? This is the one thing that when people ask me, like, maybe this is more, more now, like, you know, when people ask about like favorite bands and stuff and, uh, or favorite DJs. I mean, I, I kind of, the DJs that I excited by maybe not, not excited, but I've, I've had like nights where I've been in, in a, some back room of some weird pub and there's a guy just playing Northern soul records. And I don't know what any of these records are, but they're all amazing, you know? And for that evening, that DJ is He's like your the Jeff best Mills. DJ I've, I've heard, you know, and, and now I go to other clubs unexpectedly. I'll hear someone play. I don't know who they are. And it's, it's, it's amazing. It's really inspiring. I've never really kind of invested in one figure as like everything that they do because I, I kind of, I, maybe I pick up on the flaws as well because I've, I have seen DJs that I've, you know, I, I've, I've, I've seen, you know, we've all seen DJs that, that we love in some way and been utterly bored by them to a degree. And if it's not because we're DJs, because I don't think we go to listen to them as DJs, you know, I, I don't, I mean, I, and that's why I try not to play to a room if there were DJs as well, you know. So, kind of. Um, so, ba so basically, the there's is, nobody. Is, is not really backroom no, I mean, Northern Soul guy. Maybe I mean <laughs> I kind of yeah I I that's okay. But I never bear in mind also I was someone who never like I loved I loved DJing. I never wanted to be a DJ. Aha, okay. Should have said that at, at the, the beginning. beginning and I? yes, that yeah. was 20 minutes right there. Yeah. Okay, well, that's that's a huge that's, difference. Yeah. Because I... I, I See, I wanted to be a DJ. Yeah. I. So did you... Okay, well, that answers the other question. I'm not going to waste more time on trying to get you to want to be a techno DJ. No, I did I ever want to do... Well, I mean, like, okay, at the peak of, let's, let's say in like 2007, 2008, when you're playing yeah. big festivals and yeah. you're playing giant records, yeah. did you ever in your private moments get like heavily kind of careerist and think like, okay, I could, you know, like, did you ever get on that real business DJ zone of like, or were you always thinking like, I honestly, I remember, I remember when I got given like mix Mac DJ of the year okay, and it, it just, it kind of, it didn't impact on me at all. I just really wasn't, I just really didn't think in that term. Like yeah. I actually, you know what I did think, I, I, I asked like who was the DJ before like and it was so like you know I'm a Van Buren or something like that and I just felt wow like I, I felt like I'd kind of done something positive for the corner of, ele of, of electronic music that I was part of it felt like because I don't I no disrespect to I'm a Van Buren but you know I don't like any of that shit at all no. like of what it is what it's for and also that area of what club culture is because I've I've played in the second room when they've he and maybe a couple of people of that kind of thing have been in the main room. And, um, and that's 
probably when you said about, you know, like taking trash elsewhere, or whatever, what, what made me really focus on keeping it focused as what it was were moments like that, you know, of, of kind of being in these situations, which felt entirely vacuous to me. Yeah, you know, I it felt they're not why I wanted to be in music in a room full of people sharing something. It was the complete antithesis of it. Yeah. So, but when, still, people a lot of time feel that vacuous, empty feeling and still go for it. No, the reason. So, okay. So, maybe what I'm trying to get at is is um, when all these kind of positive things happened, and I was getting you know kind of you know whatever awards or whatever acclaim or whatever it was or people were saying this is you know really it's like amazing. Ricky you know, yeah, you know like, it's getting those you know awards <laughs> those medals you know the awards and the medals and the, the I trophies didn't, I, I, I didn't feel it they were for me do you know what i mean i didn't feel they were for me it's for the movement you represented i felt that it was for what the, the cause of some <laughs> shit oh <laughs> Oh, we should move on. You know, no, no. I mean, yeah, I no, meant, the, the, you know, the trophy room was more for the the cause that you <laughs> that you. <laughs> what I'm trying to get at is is I I felt okay. This is another thing. This is really important. This is really really important. The reason for working so hard on the details for trash, right? Because I would read the music press, and I would see that there was, you know, um, let you know. Uh, like alternative club culture really never got a lot of love or respect for what it was because it was most of the time it was like kind of like kind of you know back rooms or whatever not very it's good always sound been systems. seen a little bit as amateurish okay in a so way. when i had the opportunity to do that with that music okay and to i take see that it to the end there's a cause there i see the end i was like okay you know you're gonna hear queen bitch by david bowie or you know leave all behind by ride or any of these other kind of records through that sound system that you know, you know what i will let you use the word cause okay. in that case because so, i never saw it that way but okay. that is so uh, this is this is a, this is really and it felt like the music that we were kind of part of the corner like i said earlier the corner of electronic music the corner of alternative culture like i felt is valid as valid as these big DJs, as valid as these like uh, huge trance things or whatever, you know, I, I would never say better because if they, they can entertain 10,000 people a night and 10,000 people walk away happy, then that's a beautiful thing. I really believe that, you know, I don't, I don't, but the thing is, I believe that us entertaining 500 people is also a beautiful thing. And I, and I felt that it was like, I wanted to do that on that stage, like, you know, through that sound system in a club like that. So when that opportunity came about, you know, I just wanted to make it as, as special as possible. We better yeah. get to, what, what's your closing record? Oh gosh, this is really hard. Okay, why don't we just skip it? Why don't I just put <laughs> I you out of your? I did think about it, and I did. I, th I think I actually got a good one. Did you really think about it? Yeah, because you seem to have like kind of thought about <laughs> it, and yet not. You didn't like get to the last hurdle, like you. No, I thought I thought about it, right? Because again, on the it's premise impossible, that it's impossible, right? It, it's There's impossible no. I know there. it's impossible. But then I thought about what is a great, like you know, you know, we were talking about when I said that I designed like Forever Dolphin Love to be like a, a good, like last record in a set. And I was thinking about what is like a, a record that, that really embodies the spirit of what I really like love about club 
music um, and its absurdity and its power and um, you know all, all those things. I was trying to think of what is there one record that kind of does that for me. Um, and then again, this is the other thing also. Um, it's really interesting in the, in the concept of, of 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 your questions and podcasts in the way that like you know a, a lot of the uh, impact of your choice may be lost on a lot of people who are just in the moment and enjoying it. And they're not thinking about the lyrics and not thinking about the situation. They just like it. It's a good track. It's got a good beat or whatever, you know? So it's that balance. I, I think of maybe not throwing something out there that's totally considered, you know, as a final, like a big statement, you know, and obviously I, I could think of like a load of records like that. Um, but I, I kind of settled on sparks number one song in heaven because I, I the full seven and a half minute version of it or eight and a half minute yeah, version you're not going to play the edit last <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go with the, the full version because first of all it starts off brilliantly right and then it's got that kind of half tempo it's quite thing. a weird record sorry it's quite a strange record it's a su- super strange I mean, record uh it's Maroda as well which for me is the 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 peak club producer ever you know obviously you know you could say i, I, I feel, feel love whatever you know um i mean i, I think like while like, you're playing your sparks record it's just the thousand people are like why didn't you just play i feel love <laughs> So it's got that amazing. Um, uh, the reason I just said sorry there was actually you kicked it. Just kicked Tika back in the knee. So sorry, but um, the uh, it's got that amazing transition where the uh, the syndromes kind of start speeding up. It goes into double tempo. So for me, it, that in a club in itself is just exciting. You know, this that rhythm switch. I mean, I love records that do that, like drop into halftime or whatever, or time signature switches or, or obtuse records at once that I, I kind of term them as um but the fact that it does that it has this kind of cinematic feeling to it um have you played it before by the yeah. way okay oh. yeah i've played it before um 
also I, I i love sparks and it's i think lyrically is int- number one song in heaven it feels like it's the death it's, it's something's a great died title. yeah something's died and hopefully this or whatever it is that i've done is is going to go to heaven rather than hell you know if there is such a thing so um think I, the Maroda thing led me to sparks and then the concept of the song just made me think you know that's that could that could be an interesting last one or like uh, the last uh, trash or dancing <laughs> queen by Abba as well so your dancing queen's weird i just can't for me it's just those those things for me will always be just like grown up radio records yeah i know it sounds like whatever but i just i'm too infantile yeah i'm but still you know, but you know where dancing queen came for me was because it was the last record they used to play at the Dome on t- in Tuffle Park on uh-huh. Saturday. So I, I experienced, I, I kind of remember like at the end of the, you know, they'd, they'd have been playing, you know, Ministry, you know, Stigmata by, 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 by Ministry or, or, um, or, you know, the Chili Peppers or whatever records or L7, yeah, you Pretend did. We're Dead or whatever, all these kind of, mad, and then at the end of the night, it'd be Dancing Queen and all these lights would come up. There'd be all these like Grebos and, What's you know, a Grebo? like, Grebos are uh, kind of, um, Grebo's around then in the, in the 90s that they'd wear like para boots, army trousers, probably got long, like kind of like scruffy hair. Um, you know, they used to bands, they like bands like Wonder Stuff and Ned's Atomic Dustbin and okay. that kind of thing. So, you know, but they'd all be like goths, you know, would all be in there or rockers or, you know, all these kind of outsiders. I love that. And they're all getting I re- down I to really Dancing miss that. Queen. I miss that. Yeah. I and, miss what yeah. did we, we skipped over your top secret record. Oh, okay. So, and I just want to preface it, but are you somebody that, uh, do you care about hiding your records? No, no, I've never really cared about it. No, you never went through a phase? No, I mean, there was definitely... I used to hide all my records. Yeah. (laughs) That was awful. But the thing was, but, but shall I tell you why? Because back then... Because you're generous? No, no, because you wouldn't have had to hide, hide them because I was getting them so up front on iChat. No one else had them. So it doesn't. It didn't really matter. And we're in an age where where I, I could say they say, "Hey, what's this bang?" And I say, "Hey, it's the Soulwax remix yeah. of MGMT." It's not going to be out for three months. You're allowed to invite one VIP to your last oh, party. God. Could be anybody, live or dead. Oh, that's that's an easy one, actually. Um, oh, that's surprising. It's a really easy one, <laughs> but uh, it would be. It would You're be like, <laughs> that's a surprising one. <laughs> and there's six reasons why it was easy. No, it would be it'd be uh, my uncle, who um, I credit with, kind of introducing me to music on a different level to what I had experienced before. So I had all my early years of like playing my parents' record collection and stuff, but he was the guy who kind of like led me you know said come in here into his into his room and he'd be like look at these led lights on he had like an 80s like jvc amp and he put blue monday on for the first time and i saw the lights flick in time with the music Ooh. and i was just like what what is this that's you know good I mean? and he played me he he played me like the chase by george m road it was supernature Cerrone, um you know like, like high energy productions from the time like you, you know like franco's hollywood hazel dean or whatever wherever the big club records were he used to go out to clubs you know and he used to come back and he, he'd say do you know the you know, see, he, he, i remember him asking me at the age of like 12 if, if if i knew space base you know what i mean i didn't know space base so that he'd tell me about these disco records and stuff um imagination you know just these records that i still love now and he's let me you know uh that those his record collection could could stay with me 
for like a week and I could listen to these records. I'd give them back to him. So I kind of had this connection with um, our family uh, hi-fi system and headphones, just listening to these records for a week and giving them back and getting another record and stuff. Um, so I kind of credit him as being the person. I think if there's any kind of subliminal or subconscious attachment to whatever it is that drives me, you know, it's probably down to him. But yeah, he passed away like uh, about yeah 2002, I think it was. So he never saw me in a club. So. No, he never, not yeah. one? 2001, I think. It was 2001. Oh, it's too bad. Yeah. But all the rest, you know, my mum and dad, they came to trash once, you know. Um, so they kind of get, yeah, because they were quite worried about what I was doing in clubs, you know, because they, they thought clubs were not, you know, what, what the clubs that we go to are. So, you know. They didn't realize you were playing like rock and roll suicide. <laughs> <laughs> lighting candles yeah no they, they, they really they, they 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 really liked it i was just wondering like how do you do you enjoy running the label um like my, do, you, do you like i mean you because because you've you know you've taken it far and it seems to be it's just get getting more and more developed or it seems like yeah. do, you, do you enjoy it you like it yeah i think in a way <laughs> yeah of course <laughs> no i do no no i mean, I mean I, look i i don't i i've i've had a total love-hate relationship with having a label i think it's it's one of those things where you know um it's not easy in the you know in the you know in the current kind of setup of how it's how they're funded as such you know um so it really is um it really is a kind of you, ha you have to have a some deep passion to do it to that degree how many you know, people are you now like, well, who are involved yeah. in it so um <clears throat> there's obviously uh me who's i suppose a and r or choosing things and occasionally when i'm able to work on any music but even now i mean you know that's that's because of all the other kind of studio things that i do that's that's harder and harder you know mm -hmm. um but then there's uh one two three four that four do we count accountants? Yeah. Okay. So about maybe f six. How many accountants people? do you have? <laughs> Five. No. <laughs> You're like, we're, we're three and four accountants. <laughs> no. Um, I do A&R and there's seven accountants. Yeah. There's, um, That's like a dream setup. No, we can't. <laughs> <laughs> I wish my label was like that. We got, um, there's, there's about, how many did I say? Six or seven people, I think. But everyone's working like You're like an accountant do doing graphics, an accountant doing... <laughs> No accountant doing accounts. <laughs> what, so what, I guess to, to finish things off. So if you were to, I guess if you weren't DJing anymore. Oh yeah. Or when that happens and it does happen. <laughs> what? Yeah. What do you see yourself doing? Is there another career? I'll tell you right now, a whole lot of DJs say cook. Yeah. Because I'm, I suppose there's many analogies. Yeah. Let's just yeah. not, but. I, there's a lot of DJs that say that, but you know, is there, is there either a specific career or something else you always thought maybe you'd you know, do or it's so weird because I've never thought about stopping. I've never thought about, I mean, did you really never think about stopping? I kind of, I, I used to think like, I used to, Didn't think, you used to think like, I used to think, I remember saying like, okay, I'm not going to be doing that when I'm 50, but this is, this is, but, the obviously i said that when i was like 28 or yeah 
so this is the this is the really weird thing about it. And it's a little bit complicated. But you know, I mentioned earlier, I, I never had an ambition to be like I loved DJing, but I never like thought I would be a DJ. Do you know? It's the same thing of if I'm not I don't think I can stop doing whatever it is I do, like enjoying music or or making records or trying to do something, whatever it is. If the opportunity if the opportunity isn't there to do it and i have to find another way to feed you know but what if i said you lo- what if i take away your four shows but you get the money oh god what would i do mm-hmm. um yeah so you can't if i if i could be in the sh- if i could be in a studio more making records i'd God, I mean, if you had that kind of security where yeah, you didn't I'm, have to giving worry about you, I'm giving you, I'm giving you, I'm giving you the secu- well. There's two parts. I mean, there's, never imagine that. <laughs> but yeah, well, if you had the security, yeah. I guess more if 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 that wasn't part of the equation, if it was just what would you do with your time, with that God. added time, and also like not just the time, but the bandwidth. You know, like okay, okay there's so no there's no traveling. Just... It's like I can create total momentum in another venture outside of kind of leisure time. Yes, this is, a, this, is a, this is a kind of thing. Okay, um, because obviously there's the obvious things about spending time with. You know, well, actually, people. no. I made, kind of, I'm not. Not actually. Yeah. I made fun of you, but actually, no. If that's the answer, if it was no, really, no. I mean, that, if, if you're that, really if like, hey, saying, I'm just going to chill out and play <clears throat> football, or um, I feel, I as a, as somebody who works, you're 37, right? I'm 37, and I can work, um, <laughs> and I can work. Um, okay, but. Okay, but gunned your head, no DJing, and you got the money. What do you do? What do I do? Um, I would have to. I, I don't think I could stop not thinking about. You're like, I'm doing gonna have to something. get back to you on that one. <laughs> I'd probably. Uh, yeah. I'd, well, I'd, would I'd you increase be... your studio work? Like, would would that be an obvious decision? Would you just be like, okay, I want to be like full time producer, or no? I guess not. But then again, the other side of the that doesn't look that like is, a yes because it doesn't. I, I I never wanted to be a jobbing producer, like to fill a diary, like just doing. Like, what am I doing today? What am I doing tomorrow? Just to fill it up to do it every day. It's not. It's the same with DJing, really. I kind of I I need to feel inspired of myself to do it. Um. So um. So I kind of I. You know, I would. You're unemployable. <laughs> is what you're saying. You're unemployable. unemployable. Oh, Did you just? <laughs> I think what we're really finding out here is it's just when DJs stop DJing, they just have to become cooks. Did you know I, I was a cook before? Um, were you? Well, I used to work at my dad's cafe. Had a cafe. Oh, there in you Highbury, go. So, Finsy Park. So, um, so I used to I used to work there like in in holidays. Like, I was 14, 15 years old. Make tea tea and flip burgers you know i go back to that maybe but i know you never set out to be a dj like in terms of you know when you're young it wasn't like i want to be a dj but now for example like on an immigration form when it mm. says occupation what yeah. do you what do you write it says dj producer dj producer yeah have you ever gone for artist no uh yeah ah. yeah i did on it's on my i think for a brief moment it might have been my instagram thing <laughs> thing like dj producer artist, artist. Thing. but but i don't know i, I mean it's kind of weird really because <laughs> you know are you an artist because you have an interesting haircut or because you make records like or because you did you know i i, I you know like like you I, I design visual things as well you know um it's kind of i want to say one thing to finish up you had written you had written a note i don't know if you were joking or not um in the in when it was that thing of like okay last party ever it's over what are you gonna do and you had written uh 
try not to ruin my past. Yeah. <laughs> so was that <laughs> because like, I guess that's a bit like thinking of a legacy or thinking of what you had already done. And yeah. I was like, I, for myself, couldn't care less. Like I, that's like, it just struck me as something I would never yeah. think or write. Yeah. Well, Cause you're very think, precious. I feel like you not yeah. precious. I don't know if that's the right no, word, but you, you want it to be a certain way. I think, I think, um, I think the thing is if you, close a book on something you know like when finished like, like go into trash and stuff but that finished like on its 10th birthday it was like a you know it was at a point where you could say it was like a, a peak point in in its life or whatever it it kind of by closing it and leaving it um i was like how can i if i'm going to do something next i want to like i want to do something that kind of complements that, that 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 whole era or whatever it is i've done and so that 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 closed in january 2007 april 2007 i was in the studio with the mystery jets and i started recording what was going to be the first album that i produced you know so i felt that by doing something like that it it almost like um it it, it was the point of closing it had a purpose you know to move into something and also fat fantasy started as well so fantasy started in the, the first half of 2017. I started fantasy, started producing albums. So um, so I wanted to kind of just, you know, learn something from everything that I'd done in that point and to to take on some kind of new, some new life in, in that way. But at the same time, you know, make good records, run a good label. So when you can look at back at Trash or whatever, it's it wasn't the peak of my life. You know, I don't want like that's the challenge, I think, for it is I don't want what happened last year to be the peak. I want no, the future yeah. to be the peak. That's so the that's, challenge. Yeah, that's the challenge. And that's the thing, especially that I, when you've done good things. So it's easy if you did shit things. Yeah, that's that's the thing. <laughs> and I think not 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 to say like, did you, know, you ever, did you always feel like that? Or do you think you got a little bit scarred by the success of trash? Um, like, do you know what I mean? Because that first big thing was so, whatever, this perfect little package, this iconic thing, do you think that set you off a little bit more? Um, a little bit. I think also the other thing was... Or were you crazy to, <laughs> to start with? Um, pretty a, bit, a little mix of both, but bear in mind, a close trash, trash had been and gone. I was 33 years old by that point and done it. It's ten, true. Ten, 10 years. And I think that's a very important thing. I think at that age, I still felt like I had... I didn't want that to be, you know, it, you know, I was like, no, I want to do something. I want to do something new. I, I, I never say I want to do something better because I don't want to like tarnish. Yeah, just new. Is. It's just, so, you just want to kind of, I know, know, sorry to come back to the cook thing, no, but uh, can you conceive of anything new that wouldn't be music related? No, I, that's... I mean, it's, it's tough. Um, it's, it's, I, I really um, hope that if there is something, then it's something that I'm genuinely inspired by and love as much as I have done with music. But it's not just music. The thing that I love about it is I, I love it because I love, I, I love just the energy, I think, of rooms full of people who are, of, of people who I, I you know, it, I think music's part, you know, it's, it's, it's obviously a big part of it, but really like the driving thing behind it is, is just, is just that 
if it's if if you call it like contact or interaction, yeah, it is. Or, it's connection. So, connection. It is. It, it's connection. I, I'm whatever. I'm not one to get too sentimental, and I guess I like poke fun of a lot of the stuff. But I have realized, especially now in my life, that it can't be underestimated. That 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 thing, that opportunity we have with music, whether it's making it, playing it for other people, especially being in the rooms with mm -hmm. the people yeah. and the collaboration, the producer, that yeah, yeah. those connections over music, which are essentially what we've been doing since we're like eight years old in one form or another. But that, yeah. that it, it's like, we kind of got lucky. We kind of found the magic formula so early that we were lucky, but it's the best formula. So it's like, it's, it's tough as you yeah. go through life because you, you kind of think, okay, there should be something new now. Right. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe you just got it right the first time, you know? Maybe. That's I mean, how it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of quite frightening when you think about it in that way as well. Like just to think yeah. like if, if you'd have made a different choice along the way, like, you know, where, what, what you would have kind of missed. Like in, if I didn't make sense. sunglasses at night. <laughs> I'm, I'm, so, I'm so glad you did. Though. I mean, honestly, like, yeah. you know, I, I remember that a great example actually you know guitar music was getting a little bit stale around then that, that it opened the door for electronic music with a certain charisma and a certain style and a sensibility uh, um uh, and and also a little bit of humor as well oh, yeah, to definitely. A degree, you know it's sort of like you know we we i i laughed non-stop i think from between 99 to I, I i like to think now you know but obviously you know i that that, that era then you know it was just you know the music was it was you know a, a perfect balance of seriousness i i was incredibly curious by a lot of it it felt exotic um there was a lot of interesting people too like with, yeah, with all kinds yeah. of different takes on it and it was it was truly global as well you know, you're in Canada, James in New York, David Steph in Belgium, you know, Peaches and Gonzalez in, in, in Berlin. You know, we had we had people, you know, friends, associates in Australia, you know, all these. Did I just use the word associates? <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you did get a little business. I told you there was no business in you. And there here you are dropping associates. I just, no, but I, 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 I think I'm trying to think of the association with people, you know. But, um, uh, so can you I decide to wait? Context. Hold on. But it wasn't even. You went one worse than associates. My associates in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Your Australian associates. You only use the word associates actually when when they're Australian. Otherwise, they'd be your colleagues, but your Australian associates. I want to ask you a little, uh, just a fast thing, because I think it's a bit... I was never... I never really had my finger on the pulse of this, what I'm about to describe, but that slice of time when records like Seven Nation Army oh, yeah, or yeah. Take Me Out, yeah, like yeah. that little chunk of time where these like kind of, I don't know, I guess these big kind of pop rock records were also crossing over into being party records. Yeah. Do you see that ever happening again? It seems, unless I'm missing something, I don't know about it all because I've I've never been super aware. But well, it, but is that or is it happening again or could it um, happen again? Or well, let's put it this way: I just mentioned earlier about guitar music was feeling a little bit stale around. Um, I hate guitars. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> before, um, but you know, it, around two thousand three or something it kind of it took that yeah to take me out and seven nation army definitely changed that i mean they were big hooky anthems you know my seven nation army story no why so don't we who, let's end with your seven nation army story okay who's the first dj who ever played seven nation army in a, in a club 
Not me. You? Me. There you go. And should I tell you how I know this? Okay. Because they bought the acetate down to trash <gasps> of the album. I've got, I've still got it, a three vinyl, well, three acetate set. And uh, the guy from um, Excel said, um, said like there's a track on here it's like seven nation army it's got a four four i think you're gonna like it um he goes there's only two acetates made john peel's getting his on saturday <gasps> so, so really you've fun. got yours because you're on a monday you got yours on a monday so i went out and i listened i flicked through i was like yes it's good i played seven nation army wow acetate. did people go crazy yeah it had the mpa yeah, i mean yeah, immediate it's immediate, immediate, it's immediate. Act. yeah wow and obviously because i think another big part of it was by that point you know the the, the white stripes were so recognizable you know, sonically, as soon as the voice comes in, you know who it is. And they were so hot at that point that, you know, people recognize it. Everyone in that room knew it was the White Stripes, you know, just from that. So that in itself, like, hypes it even more, you know. And the way the track is designed oh, as well, yeah. it's so it's, simple. It's, it's, so... it's a hit. Errol? Tiga, thank you. Thank you. We, we talked for quite a while. We covered yeah. a lot of things. Yeah, how long? Oh, it's long. <laughs> It's long, but it's okay. It's a podcast. I want to say, uh, yeah, I want to say thanks. And obviously I like to end with, uh, you made lots of amazing records, which I don't Thank say you. to anybody. Thanks. I don't say to, not anybody. I don't say to everybody. You made a lot of amazing records. And uh, it's also nice to see you after a long time because yeah. we used to have a lot of endless chat sessions with no yeah. microphones, which is fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. I know. I know. It's, uh, yeah, it's good. This has been great. Thanks. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.